Good evening, She Rises. Hope you girls are having a great start to your week. I know I'm coming on a few days early before our um, Becoming a Wise Bridesmaid study. I'm going to just give a minute to see if it notifies any of you about um, this pop-up live. Um, if you get notified and you can see me or you can hear me, just send up a heart or a like, comment, let me know that you are um, on, able to see. I'm not going to be on that long tonight. If you want to see my paper, literally, I do not hardly have any notes for you tonight. This is a really last minute um, live. So if you want to look at my desk... It's a Bible and a few scriptures I scribbled down, and that's it. So, all that to say, I'm not doing this in-depth teaching, but what I am going to do is give you some scriptures um, and a, just a few um, notes that you can jot down um, today. And then you can go on and do some studying on your own. Um, okay, I see numbers coming on. Let me see. Can any of you leave a comment so I can see? Who, I see numbers, but I don't know who is on. I can't see who's on at all for some reason. I don't even know if it's going to let you comment um, if you want to try. Otherwise, if you have a question, I may not be able to see it at all on this um, feed, and I'll, which is fine. I'll just come on later and look at questions. Um, no. Let's see. Oh, okay. Hi, Tamika. Okay, I can see you on. I see good evening. Hi, Jessica. All right, so it's letting me get comments. I just want to make sure otherwise that's fine. Um, hi, Crystal. Good to see you. All right, well, for the sake of time, just because this is a um, last-minute type pop-up, I was just telling the girls, for those of you who are on, you will see all I have with me tonight is a Bible and a few scribbled notes. So you're not getting this long, a, a typical long um, written out lesson for me, but it will still be um, quite a few scriptures that the Lord's really put on my heart to share with you. I've been getting messages throughout the day. Um, most of you who have followed me at my ministry, Seeds Among the Soil, you know, for years, um, the Lord has been warning me about the times that we're in, about Israel, about um, what's coming with Israel. Last year, specifically, um, Jerusalem becoming their capital, where this is all headed, wars, rumors of wars. Nothing that we're watching right now um, is a shock at all. The Lord was gracious to us for the last few years. Um, and where we saw it heading specifically as I had been writing about um, for the purpose of Jerusalem being becoming um, the capital. We know Tel Aviv had been the capital for quite a while, for as long as we can remember. 
um, where the embassy was for Israel. Our current president, um, Trump, in 2017, um, reverse that. He brought the embassy, he brought the status of Jerusalem as the capital back to Israel. That is extremely prophetic. Here's what doesn't happen in how I teach. It doesn't matter where you are politically on the spectrum. I'm not teaching to your politics or your political views. I only teach to scripture that will impact your politics. And it is only scripture that will prove whether your political views or what you believe or support are right or wrong. It's not measured by man. It's not measured um, by my own words. It is measured back to scripture. And so everything that the Lord um, is teaching us is going to come back to our biblical worldview. That's what we call this, right? A biblical worldview, not your political worldview, your biblical worldview that will infiltrate politics. How do we know that? Well, the government was upon his shoulders. So everything that's coming about Christ and his kingdom will be viewed still as a political kingdom, but not in the way we see politics, all right? It's not in that. So I'm, I'm prefacing all of this so you understand the importance of where we're going. Because if you do not understand this scripturally and you do not spend time in this studying, you are going to get it wrong and you are in a lot of danger of buying into the Antichrist political kingdom, which will eventually prove we were a foolish bridesmaid. All right? So we can trust the Lord. That's the good news. We can trust the Holy Spirit to open our eyes. And that's his goal, right? The Holy Spirit is here to teach us. He's to guide us. He's to help us discern. But if we're too busy pushing him away and burying our heads and saying, I don't want to know those things or those things are too negative or they make me uncomfortable. Well, then I would probably go back and ask myself where I am on the spectrum of my walk with the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not allowing the Lord to refine me and teach me and open my eyes so that I'm not deceived. So all of that to say, where are we? Messages that were coming to me today as we're watching um, the verge of war um, with Israel. All right, well, we already know that in the last days, Scripture already tells us, the Lord already warned us that this was coming and there were going to be wars and rumors of wars, all right? So this is not a shock. Wars and desolations, Daniel tells us, wars and desolations are decreed until the end. So when we talk about bandwagon political phrases that are not from God on this earth while we still live here, it would be world peace. Why do I say that? Well, there's never going to be world peace, all right? To believe that puts you in square opposition to scripture that says wars and desolations are decreed until the end, until the end of time. There is no human politician until Jesus Christ, Yeshua, sets his feet on this earth, there will not be peace, all right? Doesn't mean we won't have temporary peace. Doesn't mean that people aren't trying to live in peace, like in as much as you can do, live at peace with others, we get that. And there will be a lot of false peace, meaning counterfeit peace, meaning the peace that you're buying into is not biblical peace at all, right? you're actually becoming an enemy of God in order to make peace with the world. So you have to know the difference in all of these things, all right? Okay, 
So the first thing that we have to understand is just Israel as a whole. Israel is also known as Zion, all right? You can write those terms down. Like I said, I'm not going to do a big lesson. This is off the fly. Whatever the Holy Spirit just gives me, I'm going to give you these scriptures tonight. I'm going to give you a few um, lesson pointers, and then you can run with this and pray and study. And if the Lord allows at some other time, I'm sure I can do more um, pop-up studies as he leads. But what I want to give you is three scriptures tonight, because you're going to hear this term a lot about Israel. You're also going to hear the term Zion or Zionism, all right? And what people will say to you is that that is a bad thing, right? This is a bad thing, Zionism, Zion, um, Israel, um, Israel is evil, all right? Well, again, just because man says that doesn't make it true. All right, so what we know, the word Israel is biblical. What we know, Zion is biblical. Therefore, Zionism, if you actually study the term about Zionism, it is just this passionate, it's almost like a nationalism, right? It is um, a people, it is the people of Israel who believe that Israel has a right to their biblical land that was ordained back in the Old Testament, the land of Canaan all the land that was given to them and that they are working towards that goal. Now, first of all, that's scriptural. It doesn't matter whether if we like it or not. It doesn't matter if the people that live in that land do not like it. In fact, we just went through the book of Judges. They are not going to like the fact that it is Israel's land given solely to Israel. It's not that people couldn't live in peace there under the rule and the authority of Israel, but we're dealing with rebellious people, right? In fact, if I had time to teach, I could pull out a big map and I could show you a lot of points biblically, um, but I don't have time for that tonight. So you can look it up. Just look at Israel on a map and look at all the nations surrounding it. Every Arab nation surrounding it, all right? Israel's this tiny little spot on a map. And they're still not in all their land that Yahweh gave them. So what's our starting point? Well, here's our foundation that you need to mark down. You need to write down. Not one of us. Not one. Not the indigenous people. Um, that lived here, what we would call Native Americans in America, not the indigenous people on the continent of Africa or Australia or Europe. Not one of us, not one of us owns the land on this planet. Not one. We have been called to be a steward of it. We've been granted permission. We were created to dwell here and care for it, but there's not one of us who owns it and if we believe we do, well, we're as arrogant as Satan is, who, by the way, only has temporary possession. So here's why I'm telling you that. Yahweh alone sets the boundaries. He gives the land and takes the land. He does whatever he wants and gives it to whom he chooses. And he chose the land way back, the boundaries and everything for Israel. Therefore, just one human being, who thinks that it will rewrite the borders, that it will dictate to the land, that thinks it's their possession, has already made themselves an enemy of God. Already, 
you're already on the wrong side. You've already started off on bad terms. Doesn't mean you can't get back to the right side. I'm just saying as long as you stay there, you're already on the wrong side and you're gonna see that in a minute. You are now in a very dangerous place and I don't know how else to warn you about what's going to come. But I wanna see how does the Lord view Zion? This nation, this people group that he set the boundaries for the land. It is his eternal covenant. And God does not break covenant, right? Man can try to break covenant. God will never break covenant. So look with me at Psalm 132, all right? Psalm 132. Again, now I'm going to start flying through these scriptures. I want you to write them down. I'll give you a few notes on them, and then you can study them on your own. Psalm 132, verse 13 is what I'm reading first. For the Lord, this is Yahweh, for the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. He hasn't chosen any other place on this planet. There's no other place he's chosen. He has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. The moment that you say Zion shouldn't exist, the moment you say that Zion is the problem, the moment you say other people besides Zion or Israel deserve that, that they're the aggressor, is the moment that you now are fighting against God. You're not fighting against a people. Hear me when I tell you that. You are now fighting against Yahweh himself. He's told you what he desires. He didn't ask what you or I desire. He's telling you what he desires. Flip over now to Isaiah, okay? Isaiah 60. Isaiah chapter 60. And I want you to look at verse 14. And here's what he says. Also, the sons of those who afflicted you. He's talking to Israel. The sons of those who afflicted you shall come bowing to you. Oh yeah, see, <laughs> they're not going to like that right now. But this is ultimately what is going to happen. All those surrounding nations, all those Arab nations, all the Gentile nations, they are going to come and bow down at the nation of Israel. And all those who despised you shall fall prostrate at the soles of your feet. And they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. See, Zion is God's idea, not man's. But when he, as we studied Jeremiah, as I taught a while back when I talk, taught the book of Jeremiah, one of the things that you'll learn is that when they were first gathered from Jeremiah, when we read in Ezekiel, when um, Israel is first gathered back, those dry bones, right? They start to rattle. They come back to life. We know that happened in May of 1948. And then in June of 1967, when they recaptured um, Jerusalem. So May of 1948, Israel became reborn as a nation. Can a nation be born in one day? Absolutely. God pro proclaimed that it would. He prophesied that it would, and it did. In one day. Israel became recognized as a nation of people that have been scattered for 2,000 years. And then in June of 1967, after the Six-Day War, they recaptured Jerusalem. Now, they should have held on to that. They were disobedient. 
and they gave it back up, which is why we have the issue now with the Temple Mount, who's controlling the Temple Mount. And everything that we see going on right now is because they did not drive out the people in 1967 and keep possession. Tel Aviv became, was obviously the capital. As Israel was reborn, the people began to be regathered back from the four corners, from the nations, all the nations, which has been an ongoing process to this day. It's not fully accomplished. All right, so you have them all coming back in together. Now, what happens is Jerusalem was still desired to become the capital, Zion. You had a group of people who are now stirred, passionate. That's stirred by Yahweh, by the way, to regain their nation, their people, their language, to see their nation flourish. The love for that nation, Israel, for Zion. It is a patriotic movement, if that's what you want to call it, but it is far more than that because it is the promise of a covenant, but that desire, even in their unbelief, even though they do not recognize Yeshua as Messiah yet, it is that desire placed there by God. Therefore, anyone who fights against that, you're fighting against God. You're not fighting against man. You're not standing for some just cause of free Palestine. You are literally buying in to the Antichrist agenda and the strong delusion that is coming. I want you to now finally flip over with me to Revelation 14.1. This is the last thing I'm giving you on the foundation of why Israel. There are so many. If I, I could spend hours just teaching you on this, but I'm just giving you the three main scriptures that are just kind of in front of me tonight. All right, Revelation. We know what's happening in Revelation. We know what's going to come in Revelation. Revelation 14, 1. Then I looked and behold, a lamb. Well, we know that's Joshua. We know that's Jesus. A lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000, that's the Jews from the different tribes, the 12 different tribes of Israel, having his father's name written on their foreheads. See, when the Lord returns, well, he's coming to Zion. Now that should right away, before we even get into the rest of the scriptures that I'm going to give you as a warning and as a study reference tonight, that alone, these three scriptures I've given you alone out of the dozens upon dozens I could give you should let you know very quickly why Satan does not want Israel and her land. Zion recognized. Zionism seen as anything biblical or godly. Why they need to be removed from their land, driven out. That the name of Israel, as Psalm 83 says, should be remembered no more. Well, because he knows what's coming. <laughs> and he ultimately knows what that means for him. So he's going to pull as many of us in well, as he can to push this coming bandwagon that we're going to see in just a minute. Let's start in Ezekiel chapter 38. 
I only have three places I'm going to take you in scripture tonight to show you what we're watching set up, all right? We do not know how long this is going to take, all right? We are not in the seven years yet for the time of Jacob's trouble. We are at the beginning of the birth pains and the sorrows um, that have been going on for a little while now. Um, the Lord doesn't tell us how long the beginning of these birth pains will last. We just know we're in them. We can test every single thing to know that we're in that season, that we are that generation that's at the beginning of sorrows. All right? Um, that may be another pop-up I do, the beginning of sorrows, and take you through some prophecy and, and current events um, just to show you discernment-wise how we know we're, we're there. A lot of people um, will say to me, well, Stephanie, you know, people have been saying this since the beginning of time, which is perfect because now they're fulfilling Peter's prophecy. <laughs> but um, they'll say, you know, they thought that with Hitler. Well, that's fine. I'm not saying they couldn't have thought that with Hitler, but what I'm saying is you have to test everything to the whole of Scripture. Stop isolating Scriptures. And if they had tested it, Hitler's time, to the whole of Scripture, well, they would know, guess what? This can't be it. Why? Because Israel wasn't a nation. Israel had to be back in their land, thriving in their land, and they weren't under Hitler. There was no nation of Israel. So even if they believed Hitler was the Antichrist, biblically, they would have been wrong. <laughs> he was a precursor. He's definitely a forerunner to showing what the Antichrist will be like on a mild scale. He will make Hitler look like a clown at your kid's birthday party. But just because people say something about a president or about a world leader, if they're not keeping it in the context of the whole of scripture, it's really irrelevant to me whether they thought they were the Antichrist or not. We have to look at all of scripture. And now I can tell you, looking at all of scripture, there is nothing left. Israel not only is back in her land, but Jerusalem is now finally recognized as her capital for the first time. That was one of the very reasons President Trump was allowed to be in office. All right, again, it's not about whether we like a personality. It's are you testing the actions of what's happening back to the scripture alone? Or are you running off emotions in the bandwagon of the unbelieving pagan world that is rushing headlong into hell and the Antichrist agenda? All right, Ezekiel 38 is where we're going to start. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, Set your face against Gog and the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Now, most scholars, I would tend to agree with some of this. There's other areas where the Lord still has me studying, and where he still has me studying, I'm not going to give you any set teaching because I don't speak ahead of him, all right? Um, but many scholars, and from what little bit of studying I have done, Partially, I definitely agree with this, that some of, of this area is definitely Russia. Modern day Russia, all right? Moving into the boundaries of Germany, all right? So we definitely know that they will be a key player in the very last days against Israel. All right, but outside of that, I'm, I'm not going to speculate too much on all of that yet. Um, but 
Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I, so this is the Lord speaking. He says, I will turn you around and I'm going to put hooks in your jaw. And I will lead you out with all your army and your horses and your horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields. So this is a description really being written of that time of saying your warfare, all your warfare, all of them handling swords. Now, why don't you pay specific attention to verse five, because this is going to be key. Persia. Now, until, until the 1970s, Persia always existed, right? Especially leading the way with the Ottoman Empire. Heading, you know, you had Turkey, you had uh, Persia, you had the Ottoman Empire that was ruling for a very long time, far longer than Rome ever did. All right, but until the 1970s, Persia always existed. And then its name changed in the 1970s to Iran. All right? Iran is Persia. There is no difference. We've always known that it was Persia because, well, if you were alive in the 70s, it was still called Persia until its name changed. All right? So Persia, which is Iran, Cush. Some of your translations should say Ethiopia because we know that Cush, by the way, Cush is the father of Nimrod, really the foundation of the Antichrist, the Tower of Babel, right? All right, Cush, which is Ethiopia, and Put is the other name. We know that Put is still modern-day Libya, all right? So what? would we know in our day about those three nations just listed right there? Iran, Ethiopia, and Libya. Well, they're your modern-day Muslim-type nations, your Arab nations. They are going to be still the enemy of Israel, all right? But here's what he said. Uh, this Russian coalition with some other um, people groups around them are going to join, headed up with Iran, Ethiopia, and Libya. And all of them have shield and helmet. Gomer, okay, so they think of um, Gomer leading towards Turkey some of those areas, and all its troops, the house of Targama from the far north and all its troops. Many people are with you. So we are talking about a Muslim coalition, an Arab coalition, a free Palestine type coalition. All right? You got to decide what you're going to buy into. You're going to buy into the media and the world, or you're going to buy into the word. You cannot buy into both. Prepare yourself. So he's telling the Muslim nations, the Arab nations, and the Gentile nations, go ahead and prepare yourself. Be ready. You and all your companies that are gathered about you. And be guard. 
for them. After many days, you will be visited. In the latter years, you will come into the land. So the latter years means the very last years, the last days. In the latter years, you will come into the land of those who have been brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. Listen to me. You already live. You are that generation. You are this generation that has now seen this prophecy come to fulfillment. They were brought out of the nations. You see, if you think Nimrod, whose name meant mighty hunter, was a hunter, the Lord said in Jeremiah, he prophesied, he prophesied in other books of the Bible that he would send hunters to gather his people. Well, you see, Hitler was a hunter. Oh, he hunted. And in fact, if it were not for him and his hunting of the Jews and his evil, wicked desires of his heart, Israel would not be a nation to this day. For it was that very hunter that began to drive out the Jews from their nations, from their lands, to push them back to their own land. It sent them fleeing. What Satan means for evil, God uses for good. They were brought out of the nations and now all of them dwell safely. But you will ascend like a coming storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. Listen, I want you to underline that lest somebody start telling you every single thing is a conspiracy theory. Because let me tell you something, and I'm, gonna exp I'm saying this out of love, but I'm telling you this in the most serious way I know how to tell you. Not everything that you hear is true. There are a lot of conspiracy theories, but not everything that you hear is a conspiracy theory. A lot of it is true. You do understand that Jesus's death and resurrection is a conspiracy theory. Therefore, already, automatically, you qualify as a conspiracy theorist if you believe that, all right? But I want you to, to mark this. He says, on that day, it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. So what is he saying? These are sinister schemes. They are plans that they start putting together to go forth. Daniel's beast kingdom, the agenda of the Antichrist does not spring up overnight. It's not like poof magic, here it is. It is a wicked coalition of people working together behind the scenes with their conspiracies, their sinister schemes, working together to organize and put together these evil schemes. And here's what it says. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages, a peaceful people who dwell safely. 
all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods and who dwell in the midst of the land. That's Zion. That's Israel. Now Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army? In other words, are you making war to take booty, to carry away silver and gold and livestock and goods to take great plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to God, thus says the Lord God, on that day when who? My people Israel dwell safely. Will you not know it? In other words, will you not take notice? Will you not be sitting back watching, going? They're thriving. They're prospering in their land. Everything, they're being blessed. Everything is happening as God said. Then you will come from your place out of the far north. You and many peoples with you. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud. He repeats it to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land. Look, he already knows what's in their heart. By the way, he's already said this is their evil scheme. God's going to use it. He knows what Satan and his um, seed are planning because God sits in the heavens and laughs and he, see, and he sees all things and he hears all things and he knows all things. This isn't God giving them the idea. This is God knowing their idea, what's in their heart and going, oh, I'm going to use this. Because see, the time of Jacob's trouble that is coming, well, it is awful. Not everybody of Israel is truly God's. There will be many in Israel that are going to suffer. They will die apart from Yahweh because they do not recognize the Messiah. But there is a remnant of Israel that will come to know the Messiah. And then the bride of Christ, the church, who is grafted into them at the end of time will come in with true Israel and we will make up all of Israel, the whole of Israel, the true Israel. All right? But it doesn't negate who Israel is. See, this is where replacement theology is a very false doctrine by Satan. The church is not Israel. The church has been grafted into the promises of Israel. But our promises are separate. There's the promise for the church. There was the covenant with Israel. The remnant will be refined in Israel so that as Romans tells us, all of Israel will be saved, meaning the remnant of Israel who comes to believe in Yeshua. And the church is all the believers who are grafted in. So at the end of time, those two are one and that makes the whole of Israel. All right? So this is when he says, it will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hollowed in you. He is about to humble Israel. Not right at this minute, but what I'm saying is the stage that is being set right now, what you're watching unfold is all about the humility 
that's about to come to very arrogant Israel who has rejected their Messiah who made the promise who even gave them this land that they claim to be passionate and fighting for to begin with thus says the Lord God are ye are you he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servants the prophets of Israel who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them. And it will come to pass at the same time when God comes against the land of Israel that my fury will show in my face. I don't want to see that. My jealousy and the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day, there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, the beasts of the field, all creeping things who creep, all men who are on the face of the earth will shake in his presence. And the mountains will be thrown into the steep places and every wall shall fall on the ground. And I will call for the sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord. Every man's sword will be against his brother and I will bring upon him judgment what does the Lord use for judgment you can mark it pestilence and war whenever you see those two things on the earth you can know that God's making a judgment if you don't know that this last year has been a judgment an awakening a shaking to get our attention then you are still asleep and you are in a dangerous place. It is time to wake up. I will rain down on him and his troops and on the many people who are with him, rain, great hailstones, fire, brimstone. And I will magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. They shall know that I am the Lord. You can flip over with me to Joel 3, which is also going to be another prophecy that I want you to look at. Because this is where we're rushing headlong towards. Joel 3. For behold, in those days... And at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem. Okay, so that has already started to happen. We already know we're living in that time. All right. I will also, now he's telling you what we're going to be watching for. And you've got to decide what you're supporting and what you're promoting. I will also gather all nations and I will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. This is the valley of decision, the valley of Jehoshaphat. It is an area between Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives. And I will enter into judgment with them there. Why? Why is he going to enter into judgment with them, all the nations, all the peoples? On account of my people, my heritage, Israel. He's not talking about the church here. He's not talking about the church. How do we know that? 
whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have divided up my land. You need to mark that and underline it. He's talking about his actual people, Israel, Zion, the people that were scattered across the nations that he had made covenant with. And not just that, it is about a land covenant. He says, they have divided up my land. If you buy into a two-state solution, if you at any time defend, stand for, promote, or vote for a dividing up of God's land, you are his enemy. It doesn't matter what we call ourselves. Again, the Lord is serious, and so hearing hard things, whether we like them or not, is irrelevant to him. You literally have made friendship with the world. You are now an enemy of God. He's already warning you. Again, in Joel, these, my enemies are people who have scattered my people among the nations, and they have divided up my land. That land belongs to no one but Israel, Zion. No one. They have cast lots for my people. They've given a boy as payment for a harlot. They've sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Indeed, what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the coast of Philistia. See, this is the Philistines who today are in the Gaza Strip. They would be known as the Palestinians. Will you retaliate against me? God's letting them know very quickly, you're not fighting against a people. You're literally fighting against me, the God of the universe. But if you retaliate against me, God says, oh, well, I'll swiftly and speedily return your retaliation upon your own head. You have taken my silver and my gold. You have carried into your temples my prized possessions. Let me tell you the warning of them coming into Israel and taking his things and placing them in their pagan temples. They are storing up so much judgment and wrath for themselves that it's sad. Also, the people of Judah and Jerusalem, you have sold to the Greeks that you may remove them far from their borders. Behold, I will raise them out of the place to which you have sold them. I will return your retaliation upon your own head. I will sell your sons and daughters into the hand of the people of Judah. Let me explain something to you. This is like, this is a, um, what's the word we're going to look for um, in this cancel culture we're dealing with? I'm trying to think of a term that I want to use here. This this is one of those truths that um, almost become the hotbed of you can tell the moment Satan has a hold on flesh because what we don't ever want to do is pick up a mirror and look at it. We don't like reality. Here's what he's saying. You sold your brothers. 
So we know that slavery started on the African continent at the beginning of time, right? That's where the world began. And we see it all throughout history, them selling. And he's pointing out here, you sold, you've sold to the Greeks that you may remove them far from your borders. So you're selling them into slavery, basically is what he's saying. So what does the Lord say he's going to do? There's consequences even to your ancestors doing stuff to people. He's saying, I'm going to return that upon your heads and you will now become slaves. I will return your retaliation upon your own head and I will sell your sons and daughters into the hands of the people of Judah. And see, they're going to call that oppression. But here's the, here's the problem um, this is the type of thing that is a shoot the messenger type thing. Nevertheless, the message, the, the word's still true. What he's saying is your own punishment, your own deeds are returning upon your own head. You who sold other people into slavery and did that to their kids, I'm going to allow that to happen to you. You who oppressed others, there's a generation coming where your children and your people are going to allow, be allowed to be oppressed. And it's not because God supports that. He's saying it's literally your punishment because this is how wicked you are. So what happens is when we find that we're that generation that it's been returned upon, we're, who we're really angry with is God. We don't look back into the past to go, oh my goodness, what if, what if my people, what if my ancestors are the ones who are actually guilty of this, right? So you have to go all the way back to Africa to find the original start of this all. Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. Selling and oppressing people. And all that that began to scatter out. So this carries into what? Israel. What happened with Joseph? His brother sold him into slavery to Egypt right? You start to see these patterns throughout history long before the Western cultures ever came into existence. And so until we pick up the mirror and deal with our own past, not meaning what you've done personally, but the past and understanding what God is saying here, you will start jumping on these bandwagons of oppression, oppression, finding out you're actually serving Satan and you're about to put yourself in a war against God himself, thinking you render judgment to people and you have no clue why that discipline is going on. So he says, I will sell your sons and daughters into the hands of the people of Judah. That means into Israel. And they will sell them to the Sabians, to a people far off. For the Lord has spoken. Now again, if you also want to work for Satan, you can say, see, this means God is for slavery. No. Or God's for oppression. Nope. He's just returning their own deeds upon their own head. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. And let the weak say, I am strong. And assemble. Come, all you nations. Gather together all around. Cause your mighty ones to go there, O Lord. Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley 
of Jehoshaphat. In other words, we're going to desire, all the nations are going to desire to go against Israel. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near. The sun and the moon will grow dark, and the stars will diminish their brightness, and the Lord will roar from where? Zion. And he will utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake. But here's the good news for all of you who decide to take his words to heart and seek shelter in him and stay obedient to him by the power of his spirit. But the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy. He never said it was going to be holy and walking in holiness before he returns. And no aliens shall ever pass through her again. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains will drip with new wine. And the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. And the fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord. Look, everything you're watching is the stage setting up. The nations are scheming. They're wicked leaders that have just now been put back into place, which includes America, by the way. You know, if Unless you are sound asleep and you are just playing religion, there is absolutely no way that you can be sitting here today in May and literally believe that for four, over the last four years, we have had nothing but war upon this planet. And all of a sudden, we are now dwelling in peace. It would mean that we become blind if we believe that. We are starting to fall. We're, we're setting ourselves up. We're easing into the great delusion, the strong delusion that God is going to send on people. So as Thessalonians tells us, so that they will believe the lie and they will follow the Antichrist. And eventually that means they'll end up being here to take his mark. You have to know. All right, I'm going to give you um, one more set of scriptures for tonight, and then I have to hop off. Um, these are all just things for you to study. We know scripture already tells us that Jerusalem, Jerusalem will become the burdensome stone. All right, Jerusalem will become the burdensome stone. Um Sorry, let me, I was trying to see something. 
before I take you. I want you to go to Revelation. That's where I'm going to finish tonight, the book of Revelation, so you understand what is coming. Yeah, sorry. I knew Zechariah, but I was trying to find the exact verse before I gave it to you. Zechariah chapter 12, and then I'll close with Revelation. So, Zechariah chapter 12, um, I'm just going to read the first few verses. It says, The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Against Israel. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundations of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. All right? Behold, now he's going to tell us what's about to happen. I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. See, Jerusalem has to be the capital. It has to be an important part in the very last days. And it shall happen in that day, meaning the very last generation, by the way, which this generation is. And it shall happen in that day, I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all people and all who would heave it away. They want to get rid of Jerusalem. They want to fight against Jerusalem. They will be cut into pieces. You see, though all nations, all nations of the earth are gathered against it in that day, says the Lord, I will strike every horse with confusion and its rider, that means the people with madness. And I will open my eyes on the house of Judah and I will strike all the horses of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength and the Lord of hosts their God. Look, it is all about Jerusalem. Pay attention. Mark it down. His word is going to come to pass. Jerusalem becoming the capital was a very big deal. It was our past president, whether you like him or not, is irrelevant, who just moved that into position. Therefore, when you fight against what he's doing, you are not fighting against a man. Though the world will tell you he is because Satan needs this to not happen. But what you're going to find is that all you are doing is fighting against God himself. Who, by the way, uses very sinful people to accomplish his will. If you're looking for one sinless man on this earth to qualify for anything, you are deceived. Revelation 12 is the very last um, thing I'm going to look at tonight to prepare you for what's coming. All right? Revelation 12. Now a great sign appeared in the heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and her head the garland of 12 stars. We know that's going to be representative of Israel, the 12 stars, the 12 tribes. Being with child, so this is Israel, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. It is Israel who gave birth to Messiah. Now many want to say this is Mary. She's the queen of heaven. That is a, that is a demonic false teaching. 
All right? I, again, we could do a whole study on this to tell you where that's wrong. This is not Mary. Mary was a vessel who represented Israel as a whole. Israel gives birth to Messiah. He is just birthed through the woman, Mary. All right? She's no different than us. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. So what is this sign? Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, seven diadems on his head. Okay, this is the dragon. This represents Satan. His tail, his tail, the dragon's tail, drew a third of the stars that this is symbolic. There are things that are literal in Revelation. There are things that are symbolic. You have to know the difference, all right? His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to earth. That represents the demons, all right? We're looking at the fallen angels that chose to follow the dragon, that chose to follow Satan. And now it's going to tell us the dragon, all right? We know the dragon is the serpent from the beginning of the age. It is still the spirit of Satan. And the dragon stood before the woman, so this is Israel, who was ready to give birth to devour her child, that's Yahshua, as soon as it was born. And she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations. Well, that's political. That's government. And I don't mean political in the sense of the way we have politics today. All right? But it still is a political kingdom. It's just God is the head of it. Yahweh is the head. He will rule it with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. We know this is separate times. Yeshua was not born. Mary did not give birth. Israel did not produce a Messiah. And as soon as he was born, he was called up to heaven. So we know that's not what this is talking about. This is a delay of time. He was born. But then at some point, her child was caught up to God and his throne. Well, we know that. Yeshua ascended into heaven. Then the woman fled into the wilderness. Okay, so this is going to be another time period. She fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared for God. They should be there 1,260 days. We know this is going to be dealing with some point of time during the time of Jacob's trouble. There's a set period in that seven years where they are literally protected in the wilderness. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels, that's all the angels who obey God, fought with the dragon and his angels. There's the one-third of the stars. This is the demons. But they did not prevail. Okay, this is at the very end of time. This is right at the seven years as it's getting ready to start. There, when I tell you spiritual warfare like you have never seen on this planet, that's exactly what I mean and what I'm speaking to you. There is not a place found for them in heaven anymore. It is done. He is about, now he can go between heaven and earth. He is our accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. Just like with Job, he could go before God. He could search out. He could go before God. He could accuse. He could do whatever. No more. The time of the end is now here. So the great dragon was cast out, meaning he has no access. He is limited in his space to roam. He was cast out, that serpent of old, called who? So now they're telling us who the dragon is, called the devil. 
and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to earth and his angels, that's the demons, with him. And that's the only place they have to go now. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. See, they overcame him. How? By the blood of the lamb. That was the sacrifice of Jesus. And by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. That's obedience. That's faithfulness. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. And he knows his time is short. Now this is the final verse I want you to mark because I want you to understand what the stage is being set for for anybody who takes a stand with Israel, with anyone who holds to the truth of Jesus Christ, of Yahweh, of their covenants, of their promises. When the dragon saw that he had been cast to earth, well, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. See, that's Israel. He's coming after Israel, Zion. But that woman, Israel, was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. We already know the time she's going to be there where she's nursed for times, times, and half the time. That's three and a half years. From the presence of the serpent, she's going to be protected. So the serpent spews water out of his mouth like a flood. He is chasing after this woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth, but the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed. And now listen, here's what's really important. The dragon was enraged with the woman. That's Israel. And... He went to make war with the rest of her offspring. Well, who is that? Who's the offspring of Israel? Those who keep the commandment, who keep, keep the commandments of God and hold, have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to tell you this in closing tonight. When you take a stand for Israel, when you are obedient to God, when you do not follow with the bandwagons of this world and the nations that are coming, that I've listed, that are going, it has to happen. They are all going to come together. And they are going to use the Gentile nations of the West who will partner with them. And their goal is to attack two people groups only. Two only. Jews, Israel, Christians who hold to the testament, who obey God's commands and hold to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Those are the two groups they're going after. So you better understand that when he says, I will use pestilence and war, those things are going to be allowed to be used to set up an agenda against God's people. 
It's going to be used for discipline and for judgment. And when you take a stand to stand with Israel, you are going to be called all kinds of names. The enemy is coming after you. You are a target. You cannot love your life even to persecution and death. For if you start to side and get soft and you make excuses and you remain silent for who knows. But you have come to this time for such a time as this. For if you remain silent, someone else, well, they will arise and speak up. But you, you and your family may just well perish. So hear me when I tell you this by the Spirit of the Lord. You have to know the Word of God. And you have to stand firm in the Word of God. For the persecution will arise. The spirit of Haman of Persia, Iran, is still alive and well. And it is coming after the same people groups. Therefore, be careful what you tolerate and promote and speak and vote for and support lest you find out that Israel, Jerusalem, and Zion become your burdensome stone and you have done nothing more than make yourself an enemy of God. Thank you girls for joining me for this pop-up study. I know it's definitely not a friendly, what feels like a friendly message, but hear me when I tell you, it is. When the Lord warns, when he disciplines, when he corrects, when he refines, it's done out of love. Why? Because he wants us on the right side so that we are taking shelter under his wings, so that we're not fighting against him. So we know that we know that we know that we are inheriting the new Jerusalem that's coming, that we will be with him when he steps on Mount Zion, when he comes with his saints upon thousands upon thousands, that we are not the ones on the other side receiving the war from him, but we're watching him gain the victory. That's why it's important. You have to be able to discern and recognize the signs of the times. And unless we are abiding in the word, looking in a mirror and letting hard things be said, and abiding by the spirit, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, even the elect could be deceived if that were possible. He warns us of that. So my goal is to give you these scriptures to look back on, spend time in them, pray, as you're watching the events unfold, it doesn't mean everything's happening right now. We haven't even entered into seven years yet, the time of Jacob's trouble. You're in the beginning of the sorrows, the birth pains. But if you've ever been in labor, let me tell you something about that. Labor pains, once they start, they don't stop. And they gradually and they increasingly get stronger. And we will fall if we are walking by the flesh. If we have decided to make friendship with the world and we're looking to have our idol saved and loving our life, believing that this is what we have, that this is our hope, because it's not. Our hope is in what is to come. And it amazes me the people who spend all their time trying to deny the Bible or ignore it, only to find out if they were really paying attention, they're playing their parts perfectly. I don't understand when you're trying to deny something why you spend so much time playing the part actually making it true. So that's why we have to look back at the word. If you guys asked any questions, again, all of a sudden I'm not seeing anything, so I'll come back on later and see if there were any questions that I can answer. Otherwise, 
I just pray for your time with the Lord as you discern, as you press on and read, you know, testing all things, digging in deeper with him, and just watching. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a helper for that reason. And the Lord has promised why he went away, he will return for us. He has not forgotten us. All of these prophecies are given to you so that you will know that he is true. Blessings.